Welcome to the Live Big Podcast featuring Dr. Derek Greer, where we teach principles from God's Word that will empower you to live big. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com. Here's Dr. Greer. How's everybody doing? I want you to know that Pastor and I are, are praying for you, that you're not alone, and I know that everyone's just a little bit isolated right now, at least feels that way, but uh, God is with you. You're part of a larger community, and we care about you, so, so know that you are loved. Let's get into to God's Word. First, Father, I thank you for everyone who tuned in today, those that are live streaming, that pulled aside some time to get into your Word, Father. I pray that you make this study worth their while, open their eyes, illuminate their hearts, and we give you all the honor in advance for all that you accomplished. And I pray this in the name of your Son, Jesus. And everyone says, Amen. Again, we're in Ephesians chapter 6, and verse 12. And Paul's actually in the middle of a thought. But uh, in that thought, he's really talking about spiritual warfare. And he says, for we wrestle. Now, uh, we think we know what that that means. But in the first century, wrestling was what they called a blood sport or a combat sport. It was a little bit like our MMA today, just a little bit. But unlike uh, MMA today and and boxing and and other types of uh, athletics where we're trying to dominate one another, there were no time limits. There were no rounds, there were no rest periods, there were also no weight classes, and often there was also no mercy. Uh, in that time, everyone wrestled in the nude, and it really wasn't about you know, people just trying to be freaky or anything like that, as much as uh, you didn't want anyone to grab any of your clothes or appendages. You didn't want uh, anything on you that would help your opponent get the upper hand. Actually, they greased themselves down so that they would be uh, more slippery uh, than, than their opponent. So the, the, the idea was to fight absolutely unencumbered. And here was the object of an ancient wrestling match uh, when Paul wrote these words. And the goal was to throw your opponent uh, to the ground from a standing position. So both wrestlers started standing up, and the goal was, again, to get your opponent on his back. And, and a point was scored each time a, a wrestler's back or shoulders hit the ground. Three points, and you win the match or won the match. For the, Paul says here, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. See, the problem, Paul is saying, is not Republican versus Democrat, black versus white, or Hutu versus Tutsi, but against demon-inspired ways of thinking. That's the real issue. And then Paul's about to go on to list four major levels of, of demonic authority, and he lists these levels in descending order. We're not going to dig too deeply into these today. I will uh, mention them and, and give you just a, a little bit of insight uh, into what those, those, those words mean. But what we see here is the kingdom of, of darkness, the kingdom of Satan is highly organized. And if God's people operated on a, the, the, the same level of discipline and organization and commitment as the underworld, I, I think America would be one in a day. But uh, uh, until that time, I think the adversary is going to continue uh, to, to, to hold sway to the degree that he is. But again, it, if God's people called by his name would humble themselves and pray and really turn to him and we get committed about what we're doing and, and discipline ourselves and organize ourselves. A lot of folks say we don't need church anymore. But the last thing God wants to see on the earth is, is his people in disarray. The, the primary thing the devil wants to see is folks trying to fight the adversary alone, uh, people trying to advance the kingdom by themselves, you know, when we get together, 
Unity is a multiplier, and, and that's the value of church. That's the value of being part of a, a larger body. But he says, but we wrestle against principalities. Now, the term here, I'm going I'm to mess up some of these terms. I'm not a, a Greek scholar. I am somewhat familiar with Greek, but I, I certainly don't consider myself a, a, a scholar. So I'm going to pronounce some of these terms uh, wrongly, perhaps. Uh, some of them I will get right. But the term translated principality here is arche, archai, uh, where we get the word arch, like archbishop, archenemy, uh, an archangel. And, and arche, or ar arch, really speaks of the highest rank or authority possible. So if you're an archbishop, you, you, you're, you're, you're the bishop, if you will. If you're an arch enemy or arch enemy, you are the chief enemy. So the, this term principality speaks of arch demonic powers and, 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 and authorities. Then it says we wrestle against principalities, but then it adds also against powers. That's the term exousia that's often translated authority in the Bible. And, and with this term or in this term, uh, we, we get the sense of, of, of delegated authority. So uh, not only are there these arch beings that are under Lucifer themselves, uh, there's also powers or exousias that carry delegated authority from the prince of darkness himself. And uh, uh, actually the Bible calls the devil the, the, the god of this world. So he has a level uh, of power and authority and he delegates it to those under him. And then the third class is against the rulers of darkness of this world. This is cosmokrateros, cosmokrateros. Uh, it's a compound word, cosmo uh, actually speaks of the world, and uh, krateros uh, uh, speaks of, of, of really raw power. Uh, young men and women just released to, say, a, a soldier's uh, training camp, a military camp. And they're, you know, doing push-ups and, and do running and all that. That would be considered raw power. So the idea here is, is, is raw power in rank and file. So we have the senior authorities. Then we have folks or, or beings that operated in a level of delegated authority. But then we have this, this, this rank and file where they have a level of power in themselves. But then it continues and it says, here's the fourth level against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, the word translated wickedness, I'm not even going to attempt to enunciate it properly. It means to be bad. It means to be vile or, or malignant. This is the lowest category of, of, of foul spirits that are sent to the earth to, to afflict us. But I want us to go back to the, 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 the beginning verse because this is what the Lord's been impressing uh, upon my heart uh, throughout this current pandemic and Again, you know, without context, you know, any text is a pretext. I always want to make sure that I give you some level of context uh, before we dig in to the scripture. But in verse 12, it says, for we what? Wrestle. Now, as I said, the, the goal of ancient wrestling was to flip your opponent on his or her back. And in the ancient world, it was just men who, who did this. Now, this is important. The goal was not to avoid your opponent or to pretend you don't have an opponent. But the goal was to flip him over. For we what? Wrestle. God calls each of us, now he's speaking to the church, to stand in the ring with very real opponents. But if we will stand in that ring and, 
and, and obey the directions of the Holy Spirit, ultimately, the Holy Spirit will show us how to flip that situation. Again, it's a wrestling match, and the goal of the match is to what? Flip. In fact, the Bible says in John 3, 16, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whoever believed in him should not perish, but have eternal life. But watch this. It says, for God hated the world. No, God, what? Loved the world. So Jesus' ultimate desire is not to destroy the world, but to flip the world upside down again. So it's his church right now that's in this wrestling match on planet Earth. Now let's go to Acts chapter 9 and 1, and let's see this in, in, in recorded uh, uh, history, if you will, Bible history. Acts chapter 9 and verse 1. And I want you to understand that this is also God's typical philosophy as it relates to, to how he operates in our lives. Acts chapter 9 and verse 1. Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord. Now Saul was killing and torturing Christians. We've talked about this before. He's really a, a bad character doing, doing terrible things and uh, making widows of wives and orphans of children. And he was about to take this whole thing to the next level. And he went to the high priest and uh, he asked letters from him to the synagogue of Damascus so that if he found anyone who was of the way, whether men or women, he was no respective persons. He, he was wiping out both genders that he might bring them bound or in chains to Jerusalem. Now, most Christians today, we, we might not do this out loud, but we, 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 we pray deep down in heart, Lord, kill him. May, may, may a car hit him or something happen to stop this persecution. But I want you to watch what God does and how God flips this situation. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him. This is Saul. This is the guy that's uh, causing havoc and destroying the church. So this light comes out of nowhere. It shines, and, and it's on him. And the men watching see all that's happening. It's come from, from, from heaven. And here, again, is the most uh, uh, violent and, and one of the biggest enemies of the church up until that moment in church history. Saul was its first real, real opponent after the cross. Yeah, they had some problems, but not on the level of what Saul was, was now uh, implementing. Then Saul fell to the ground. He's on his back. So this is point number one. Now, in an ancient wrestling match, you had to get three points. So uh, Saul is on his back, and he, he heard a voice uh, saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? God asked him a question, and he said, well, who are you, Lord? Now, God ha has him on his back physically, but watch this. Then the Lord said, I am Jesus who you are persecuting. It's hard for you to kick against the goads. So he trembling and astonished. Now, again, this, this is the, the powerful, the, the venom-spewing Saul, but he was placed on his back physically at first, but now we find him on his back emotionally. He's trembling, and he's astonished. Fear and panic begin to, to, to set in when he has this experience, but what you need to know is those who fight against God will never, ever win. And he said, Lord, what do you want me to do? So God checked him emotionally. God uh, checked him uh, physically. But when Paul called Jesus Lord here, he surrendered not only his body and emotions, but his whole self. So, so this is uh, point number three, if you will. And, and God has, has won the wrestling match, and, and he has finally uh, proven his, his, his dominance and authority, and Saul salutes him as, as Lord. So here, God doesn't destroy the worst persecutor of the church up to that time. 
All he simply does is flip him. And what I want you to see here is that God's intention typically is to flip things that the devil intends for, for evil. I, I often say, and you hear often said through others, what the devil intends for evil, God will work for what? Good. God doesn't tend to destroy our adversaries as much as flip them, change their heart, impact them, and make a friend of our enemies. Verse 12, for we what? Wrestle. Now, as we face this, this national crisis, if you feel any type of uncertainty, any type of fear, and we're all experiencing that on, on, on some level, what you got to do is get into the word until, until God begins to flip things on the inside of you. What the devil's trying to do is flip your mind to think the way he wants you to think, but God wants to flip our minds right side up, and he wants us to understand if God be for us, who can be against you? And please go to YouTube, uh, uh, do whatever it takes uh, to, to get old messages, listen to them over and over again. Also, you can go on the app and, and you also go to the church website. You get absolutely free, no charge, anything like that. You get the healing scriptures, listen to them right before you, you, you go to sleep. But, but the, the scripture promises, it says, God will keep in perfect peace a Christian. No, just because you're a Christian, you're not automatically going to be at, at peace. How many of you know that's true? God promises, according to Isaiah 26, verse 3, he will keep in perfect peace whose mind has stayed on him. So to the degree we keep our minds on what he promises, our minds on the bigness of our God, the mind, our minds on the fact that the, he who called us is faithful, as, as, to the degree we keep our minds on that, it's to the degree we're going to have peace. So what we need to do in this season is feed our faith and starve our doubts. Stay in this word until it starts coming out of your pores. Take advantage of some of the downtime that you have, not just by, by, by watching some of the silliness on television. Get the word of God in your heart. Mark 9 and verse 31. I want you to listen to what I'm about to read. Jesus said this, but, but now you can listen to it with new ears. Verse 31. For Jesus taught his disciples and said to them, The Son of Man is delivered into the hands of men. But watch this and they shall kill him. Death would become a real opponent to Jesus. And after that he is killed, meaning it's even going to look like death won for a little while. And it often looks worse before it gets better, and that's just the reality of spiritual warfare because the devil is a liar, and he tries to hold on to the lie as long as possible, and he wants us ultimately to believe that, that, that lie. And after he's killed, he shall rise, watch this, the third day. Jesus prophesied that on the third day, Jesus, that, that God, forgive me, would flip it. So this is the pattern of God. The resurrection is the core event of Christian history. And what God did was take the worst situation that could ever possibly be, and he turned it into something good. And I said that to say, this is what God does. If we believe in the God of the Bible, he's a God that knows how to win a wrestling match. He is a God that knows how to flip things and turn evil for our good. The Bible says, for we what? Wrestle. So we need to get into God's word until we flip. Because our biggest opponent is not so much the devil, it's us. It's the man in the mirror. And what we have to do and what I have to do 
is when fear comes upon me and, and uncertainty and I don't, I don't know what to do, how to respond. What I need to, to, to let happen on the inside is for God to turn me in. And as my heart turns towards him, he, he does what only God, God can do. So when you flip on the inside, it's only a matter of time before things flip on your outside. But first, that has to happen again uh, within. So don't waste time being frightened and, and scared. But don't get religious about fear where it's like, you know, you pretend you're not afraid when you're afraid. When you're dealing with fear, acknowledge it. Say, you know what? I'm going to get into the word till this gets out of me and, and recognize it. But don't pretend it's not there when, when it's there. Just use use this time that we, we have now, a little extra time. We're not commuting many of us the way we, we used to. So so flip it. Use it this time to talk to your kids. I mean, you can have conversations that perhaps you wouldn't have uh, otherwise. Get re reconnected with your spouse and uh, maybe, uh, you know, uh, call up some old friends that you haven't spoken to in years. But, but the bottom line, we have an opportunity to build our faith like never before. Because on some level, we're not as distracted as we typically are. So don't waste this time, you know, just watching silliness on television. Yeah, please be informed. But also make sure you're investing in your spirit and in the word of God. It says, for we wrestle. We what? Wrestle. Now, again, I, I, I want to keep making this point. The goal of a wrestling match is simply to flip your opponent on his back. So the goal of, 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 of all we do in this season, the goal of spiritual warfare is to flip our fears into faith. And all fear really is, is faith in the devil. That, 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 that's all it is. Fear is nothing more than faith in the devil. So what we want to do is change the object of our faith from the adversary, you know, the devil, says something bad is going to happen, you're never going to recover, you're never going to get over this. That's what he says. But whose report are you going to believe? What we have to do is flip that. It's, it takes the same amount of faith to believe God or the adversary. We have to flip it and say, you know what? I'm not going to believe the adversary. I'm going to believe God. Your promise says, Lord, you'll never leave me nor forsake me. Your promise says, whatever I put my hand to shall prosper. Yes, Lord, there may be some setbacks and, and some challenges, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. So this too shall pass. This has to be our faith. This has to be our, 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 our commitment. This has to be something that comes out of the inside of us, particularly in times of, of trouble. Verse 12, for we what? Wrestle. So if you need prayer in this season, send an email to, to the office. Our prayer team will pray for you. And many of those prayer requests I, I also get. So we want to come alongside of you in battle but, but, but listen, you don't fight this thing without being in the ring. So, you know, we're in a set of circumstances that, are, that these circumstances are very real. But God is saying in this very real situation, let me be God and let me flip this thing. Let me show you that I am the resurrection and the life. The resurrection, now God can't pick you up unless you've been down. So to be resurrected, you, you had to at some point uh, been dead. And the reality is God specializes in resurrection. So if you feel like you're behind the eight ball, if you feel like you're in the corner, that's God's specialty. Flipping those types of situations and making the, the adversary look, look awful and bringing glory uh, to, to his name. For we what? Wrestle. We don't deny that we have problems. We don't deny that we have an adversary. But 
as I said on, on Sunday, you need to know that there's nothing ahead of you that's bigger than the God on the inside of you. There's nothing ahead of you bigger than the God that's on the inside of you, the God that stands behind you. And that must become our conviction. Get into the word until that conviction gets in. Yeah, this is a problem. Yeah, this is inconvenient. Yeah, there's some challenge, but God is greater. And in the end, his, his word will speak and not lie. Both fear and faith. I want you to think about this. Both fear and faith demand you to believe something you can't see. If you're afraid that, you know, everything's going to fall apart, it hasn't happened yet, but you believe it before it happens. They both require you to believe something you can't see. So if, you know, the stock market goes down another 10,000 points, what are you going to believe? Are you going to believe the adversary or are you going to believe God, whatever he's whispering and saying to your heart? Listen to the Lord. Are you going to believe the enemy or are you going to believe God? And that's ultimately um, uh, our choice. We either choose faith or we choose fear. Everybody is dealing with all different types of challenges in this season, but God's word remains the same. So let's hold on to it. Let's choose faith. Yes, we're going to feel lots of different things, but hold on to God's word and watch him pull you through as he has done every other time before this point. He's a faithful God, and he will keep you. God bless you, and I'm so glad that, that you joined me for Bible study. And uh, my prayer is that you're wrestling, that the Holy Spirit is helping you to win. And some of us, you know what, we're, we're so busy with you know, our jobs, etc., we forget some of the people in front of us, and, and there's some things that we need to wrestle with, not necessarily with each other in the flesh, but thoughts that have gotten into our head we need to flip, thoughts that have gotten into one of our children's head that we need to flip, a thought that's gotten into our spouse's head that we need to flip. But again, I want you to recognize that, 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 that the weapons of our warfare are mighty through God for the tearing down of strongholds, and we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against these principalities, rulers, spiritual weakness of heavenly places, and and we, we, we wrestle against it. We flip these things. He didn't just say that we uh, fight these things. We wrestle these things, meaning we, we flip them on their back because he says at the end, after doing all to stand, what? Stand. We didn't cover all that in the scripture, but now you understand what that refers to because in a wrestling match, the one that was standing was the one who won. So God teaches us to wrestle so that we can stand and the adversary can fall. You have been listening to the Live Big Podcast with Dr. Derek Greer. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com or follow Dr. Greer on social media.